0: And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, preparing the way of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. That verse comes from the Alleluia verse of today's Mass. But it is part of the Benedictus, that canticle of his father, Zachariah, that he filled with the Holy Ghost, proclaimed there at the circumcision of his son when the name was given to him of John. And how does this great precursor of our Lord, this great herald of the gospel, prepare the way of the Lord. What well, we see it through his preachings at the River Jordan, of baptizing people to the repentance of their sins, but also in a particular way in his own life by humility. He himself said that he must it decrease so that he who is to come may increase, that is, Christ. And we can learn from His life that we need that virtue of humility also so that Christ and the grace that He gives us may grow in our soul, transforming us to make us holy. But of course seeking after that virtue of humility is rather difficult because the normal way in which we obtain it is through humiliations, which is of course something that goes very much against our human nature. We don't like to be humbled or to be humiliated or to be put in our place in different circumstances. But it's precisely through that that we grow in that virtue of humility. But we must also, because pride is a very, how do you say, a thing that corrupts everything, we must be careful that in our acts of humility that we not let pride interfere, and that causes a false humility. And we see that much in our day with those who, how those particularly in office who refuse to do their duties according to their state of life, according to their office, out of a sense of humility false sense of humility or thinking that, well, they don't know so well, even though their better judgment would say they have to act in a certain way so as to accomplish the duties of their state of life. And that we see in pretty much all walks of life, whether it be in the family, where sometimes parents, and the father in particular, might not exercise his authority as he ought to because of some sense of humility, which is ill-placed and not there. Or like in people who are in charge of cities or governments who of course, how they say, do not fulfill their duty because they say, how they say they think that it's not humble for them to exert their authority in a way that is necessary for the common good. But one way that we can see through the ruse of false humility is whether or not it causes one to sin by neglecting the duties of state of life. And of course, if we do our duties of state of life, that is in a certain way living humbly. Because humility is based not on simply like some sort of low self-esteem, which is not, but it's based on truth. And so, for example, the father of a family who does well his duties and exercises his authority as a father of a family, well, he is not going contrary to that virtue of humility, but he's living it to its fullness, because in truth, well, that is the place that he has and the place that God placed him to exercise. And we can see it also with priests, that they must also exercise their authority according to the how I say the limits that they have, but always in truth. And of course, knowing that, how would I say, when I was in seminary, we were told that everything that people, how do say, reverence the priest, well, it's not for you personally, because it's about the office that you hold. So if one of the faithful kisses the hand of a priest, it's not because, well, Father so-and-so is such a great and holy man. But because he is a priest, his hands are consecrated particularly to touch the Most Holy and Blessed Sacrament. And so people reverence the hand of the priest that blesses and that touches the Most Holy Eucharist by kissing it. And so it's not, particularly in Catholic countries, it's not very common to see that in the United States. But it's not an act of humility for the priest to pull away his hand as if to show, well, I'm humble, more humble than that. Because basically false humility is one that always wants to show itself, whereas true humility hides itself. It doesn't seek attention, whereas the false humility seeks it. It wants to make a show about how humble one is, you know, by doing this and broadcasting it to the entire world. But we're not called by our Lord to have a false humility, because it's not based on truth, but a true humility. Where we understand our place and our role that we do valiantly the duties of our state of life and that we know that all good that we do comes from god and we're sustained in doing good by his grace not by our own talent or efforts but that all those things whether it be through his actual graces that he sends us at a given moment or if it's through divine providence that places certain things at our disposal to use well like in our education Are growing up, uh, the resources that are put at our disposal, all of those also come from God. And so in humility we rejoice and thank God for His gifts, and in humility also we admit our faults, which are the only things that we can claim for ourselves. God doesn't cause us to sin, we, how they say, turn our will away from Him, and we misuse His gifts and commit sin. And so humility also is the pathway to repentance and to reconciliation with God. And so truly we should heed what St. John the Baptist says while he's preaching there at the River Jordan, that he must decrease so that he, Christ, may increase. And so we should say that ourselves, that I must decrease so that Christ might increase in my life, making me holy, making me a saint. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.